0: Church family, I'm going to invite you to continue to make your way into the room. And uh, if you have any space nearby you, uh, this we have a great crowd here this morning. So maybe squeeze if you are able. Make as much room for our guests who are still making their way into the room. Uh, today is going to feel a little different for us as a family of faith. If you're a guest with us here at Prestonwood, I want to introduce myself. My name is Connor Bales. I have the privilege of serving as the pastor here at the North Campus of our church. And on behalf of our entire staff, I want to welcome you uh, to worship with us this morning. Uh, Today is a day of great significance in the life and in the ministry of our church, because today is our Proclaim Commitment Sunday, and Proclaim is our two-year initiative, our spiritual journey uh, where we are believing God for whatever it is that he is entrusting to us and the way in which he is calling us to expand our ministries to accommodate all of the growth. And so we are so excited. And because today is such a day of significance, I wanted to start our time together just a little bit differently from what it is that we're used to doing. You know, the Bible tells us over and over that when God's people gather, that historically there is a call to worship that helps to signal or to signify a readiness of heart to engage with God. Now, I want to just pull the curtain back a little bit. Sometimes we can be guilty, I can be guilty, of allowing that pre-service video that we just saw to serve as a substitute for a spiritual call to worship, but that's not what that is. That's really just a practical signal that the services are about to begin. You know what I mean? And so worship is a spiritually rich and spiritually necessary action, opportunity, responsibility for the people who belong to God. It's our opportunity to declare to God, not what we think he needs to hear, but what it is that God deserves. And so we want to call ourselves today to worship. I want to call you to worship God and I didn't think there would be a better way for us to do that and to begin our time than by reading to you from the scriptures a biblical call to worship that might begin to ready ourselves to set the tone of expectation for what we believe that God is going to do today. So continue making your way into the room and if you have your copy of God's word, just grab it. Or if you read and follow along on your phone, then just go to Psalm chapter 100. Psalm chapter 100, and there in your seats, you can just follow along. This is a biblical scriptural call uh, to worship, and I want it to serve us to set the tone of expectation spiritual expectation that we believe God is going to do something great, we believe God is going to do something significant, we believe God is going to touch the eternal, and He's going to to do it right here among you and I this morning. And so this is what God's word says in Psalm chapter 100. It says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the call for us to worship. And so I want to invite you today to prepare yourself to ready your heart. Let's stand together and let's begin to lift our voices. Why? because the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. And so we are going to lift our voices. We are going to give our God our praise because he alone is worthy. You ever have those moments when You're like exhausted, but for all the right reasons, like this is what that is. This is just lifting our voices, giving God everything that we have within us today. Not because necessarily we walked in this room feeling like it, but because this is in fact what God deserves. And there's something supernatural that takes place in us and through us when we're willing to engage God like we've just experienced here Uh, this morning. I'm going to invite you now uh, to be seated. I'm so honored to be able to share with you this morning and today we are in our overflow venue as well so for those of you who are watching on the screen uh, I am so excited that you have chosen to be with us this morning for worship here at Prestonwood. If you walked in before our services uh, began um, then you saw that we had a call to worship as we started our time together today. If you just got in the room a few minutes ago, or maybe you are uh, watching on the screen there in the Overflow venue as well. My name is Connor Bales. I have the privilege of serving as the pastor here at the North Campus of our church, and I'm so honored to be able uh, to share with you today. As I mentioned a moment ago, today might feel uh, slightly differently uh, for many of us that are regular attenders here at the North Campus of Prestonwood, but that is because today is our commitment Sunday for our Proclaim initiative, the two-year spiritual journey that we are embarking on as a family of faith, uh, uh, expanding the ministries of our church, uh, choosing to say yes to God in whatever it is that he is entrusting to our care. And I was thinking about uh, our time together today, and the word preparation kept coming to my mind. And there's a lot of things that we recognize that we prepare ourselves for and that we're willing to uh, spend a lot of time and give a lot of energy and thought thinking about so that we're rightly equipped or so that we're necessarily ready for whatever it is that we're about to do. You know what I mean? We make big preparations for big things. We make little preparations for little things. I know in our church right now, uh, there are so many young families who are having uh, babies, and that is so much fun. And uh, and so there's preparation. Uh, many of these families have said they have go bags ready so that uh when and if the mom begins her labor they can just pick up their suitcases and head to the hospital and not be delayed by trying to throw things into the suitcase and and make their way then so they have go bags there's preparation that is made and necessary for that I I watched an interview this week with uh a professional athlete and the links that he went to in routine and preparation, he actually ate the same meal before every single game every season for the entirety of his NBA career. He had regular scheduled uh, practice shoot-around times. He took a nap every game day uh, for a certain period of time. This was all a part of his uh, preparation because he just took that idea seriously. I'll peel the curtain back and just tell you part of my nerdiness is I prepare for this morning by laying out my clothes the night before. Uh, actually, when I say I, I mean Mary picks everything that I wear. But I, I prepare myself for what it is we're going to do today. And, and knowing the significance of preparation, right? We're all people who prepare. Uh, um, some of us prepare not to prepare, but uh, everybody uh, understands the significance of preparation. Um, why is it that sometimes when we're engaging things of great spiritual significance, do we not bring the necessity and the significance and, and sincerity of That idea of preparation, why do we not bring that to spiritual matters as intentionally as we do for for the other things that we prepare? See, it makes sense to me that we would be intentional about preparing ourselves spiritually for what it is that we think God might want to do in us and through us as individual followers of Jesus, but certainly as a family of faith who calls Prestonwood our Home. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Joshua chapter 3, Joshua chapter 3, and as you're turning there, let me just set up what it is we're going to read today. It's just one verse that I want to draw your attention to that I believe God gave me for our time together uh, today, and in Joshua chapter 3, Uh, the, The nation of Israel, the people of God, have been rescued from more than 400 years of slavery and captivity. And they were rescued by a man named Moses. And Moses raised up a leader named Joshua who was to be his successor in leading God's people into a land that he had preserved for them. So they were delivered out of this uh, terrible situation of captivity and slavery, and then God had preserved for them a land that was designated for his people. And because of rebellion that had taken place after their being delivered from Egyptian captivity, um, there was an entire generation of god 's people who needed to die off because they were not in the right place to be able to move forward with everything that God had reserved for them. One of those was moses god 's leader God bless you in the corner god 's leader uh, god 's leader Moses uh, needed uh, uh, to raise up a successor, and that man 's name was Joshua and Joshua was going to be god 's man to lead god 's people. Now that they had been made ready into whatever it was that God had for them in this land that he had promised to them. And so that's the context. Joshua is about to speak to God's people because they're about to move forward into a promised land, into a reserved territory that for generations God had been declaring he had preserved for the people who belonged to him. So Joshua chapter 3, and let's just read together verse Five. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. If you're there, say, I got it. Yeah. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. If you mark or highlight in your Bible, I want you to underline that word, consecrate. It's not a word that we use often, but it is a word that is found in several places in the scriptures. It can be translated to mean to purify or to make oneself spiritually ready to consecrate. And I want you to notice what it is that Joshua calls the people to consecrate versus what he does not. Notice that Joshua never instructs the people of God prior to moving into this land that God had preserved for them that they are to consecrate their things. They're not to purify and make spiritually ready their stuff. He never says consecrate the land. He doesn't say purify and make spiritually ready the property that I'm giving to you. He doesn't even say consecrate your practices or your programs. Do you know what Joshua's instruction to the people is in regards to the consecration that is required for where it is that God is leading them to go? It's the consecration of self. That Joshua says we need to consecrate our selves. And we do so before we begin to move into the land that God has promised us. In other words, there is instruction given to make oneself spiritually ready before we move forward personally toward whatever it is that God has for us next. And that's what I believe that we must do today. We must make ourselves spiritually ready because with all of my heart, I believe that God has something great ahead for us. I believe there is something spiritually significant that God is going to do for you and for me. And the way in which we're going to be able to move forward into that divinely preserved work that he has is if we'll consecrate ourselves. Because I believe there's ground to be taken. I believe there are marriages to be restored. I believe there are bondages to be broken. I believe there is salvation to be discovered. I believe that there are baptisms to be celebrated and healing to be found. But we need to make ourselves ready spiritually for whatever and whenever that might be. So if you're here today and you need to confess sin, now is the time. If you're here today and you need to ask for forgiveness, now is the time. If you're here today and you need to extend forgiveness and to let go of the bitterness that you've been holding on to instead, now is the time. If you need to worship God with a renewed heart of gratitude, now is the time. If you need to ask God to reveal himself to you in a new way or for the very first time in your life, now is the time. Whatever might be keeping you from readying yourself for what God wants to do next and the places he is leading us to go, we need to give it over to him. We need to ready ourselves. We need to consecrate ourselves to our God who is worthy of our worship and everything that we have. Now is the opportunity for us to say, God, purify me. Don't purify him and her. Don't purify this place or that. God, start with me. I want to make myself spiritually ready to be used by you. And some of us today need to confess some things. We need to extend forgiveness to others. We need to ask God to make himself new or for the very first time to reveal himself to us. We need to say, "God, I want to be ready to be used. I want you to start with me. And out of an overflow of what you do in me, I want to see you do so much more in the world around me. God, I can't do this without you. I need you and I want you to to consecrate me so that I'm ready to be used. Why? Because I believe that God has great things ahead for us. I believe that God wants to do so much more in and through you and me. And so let's just start right now with a heart that says, God, purify me. Make me spiritually ready to whatever it is that you are calling and in Christ equipping me to do for you. We do praise Him for His goodness. We thank Him for His goodness. The evidences of His goodness are all around us. They're sitting next to us. They're lifting up worship beside us and around us. It is all the evidences of the goodness of God in your life and in mine. When Joshua had this conversation with God's people, he encourages them, instructs them that they are to ready themselves, consecrate themselves, purify themselves, because God is going to do something in you and through you as those who belong to him, and we need to make ourselves spiritually ready. But the second half of that verse is what I want to draw your attention to now is that Joshua would say to the people of God, consecrate yourselves. And then there is a comma in our English translations. And the second half of that verse that Joshua says is this, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You know, have you stopped lately to think about this church family? What is our tomorrow going To bring. What does tomorrow look like for you and for me as it relates to the things that God has entrusted to our care? And and let me clarify when I say tomorrow, I don't mean February the 27th, I mean in the days and in the weeks and in the months ahead. The future, because that's what it is that Joshua is talking about. Now, we, we know from reading the account in Joshua chapter 3 that the very next day, the Jordan River was actually separated, and somehow God. Uh, through natural sciences that are beyond our understanding. He actually stopped the waters of the Jordan River, which were spilling out of their banks at this particular time of year. And the moment that the Ark of the Covenant, which was carried by the priests of God, uh, got their feet wet, then God immediately pushed back the Jordan River waters so that his people could cross over On dry ground. So God did the next day something supernatural. What Joshua would say is wonders among the people who uh, belong to God. In the New Living Translation, I I like it. It says that amazing things. He says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord is going to do amazing things among you. And and I'm just having a hard time not bubbling over with excitement, wondering what are the amazing things that God's going to do through us. Have you thought about that? Who are the people that God is going to save? What are the marriages we're going to see God restore? What are the addictions we are going to see broken? What is the sin we're going to... Witness confessed? What is the freedom we're going to find people discover? What is the healing that is going to be known? Have you ever thought about what tomorrow is and what God might want to do in and among us? Because Joshua says that the consecration, the spiritual preparation of making oneself ready is for the purposes of moving forward with the mighty works, the wonders, the amazing things that God is going to do. In the days ahead, God is going to do wonders, and I believe with all of my heart that he's going to do some amazing things in our future as well as we cross over and move forward toward the things he has for us. After all, that is the testimony of what he's always done, and it is the testimony of what we believe he desires to do still. I shared this story with the 830 service, even though it wasn't in my notes, I felt like it was important for us to hear. This week, Mary and I had the opportunity to have dinner with uh, some friends of ours who were a part of the North Campus of our church and they told me the coolest story um, about, um, my friend is from the east side of Dallas, like the Rockwall Heath area, and his family had a retail store um, uh, selling apparel and things for the lake and lake life. And uh, he could, says he can remember in high school, there, there was an older lady named Phyllis who worked part-time in his uh, parents' ski shop and uh, that he knew she had a job as a professional in some type of a an office setting during the day and that then she would work part-time in the evenings on some weeks helping to restock inventory and do some things around the store kind of in preparation as the store every day would close and my friend was telling me that a few years ago when his mom passed away that Miss Phyllis came to the service and and she came up to him and said Matt I just want to tell you how much your mom meant to me because she was willing to give me a job and allow me to work part-time and some extra hours at night and Matt had always assumed that was because Miss Phyllis just didn't have a great deal of income and she was needing the extra job just to help provide uh, the means for her life. But she testified to him this, that it was in the late 90s and her home church, which was Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, was in the middle of a capital campaign and she had made a three-year commitment. And by uh, working in the evenings part-time, she was able to earn the extra income to completely fulfill that three-year initiative. And so she wanted him to know and how much she appreciated his mother's willingness to hire her in a part-time capacity. But what he never knew was the purpose that God had given in her to take on that second job. And here's what we got to say that night is that we are the benefactors of Miss Phyllis's sacrificial giving. So many years ago, because if it hadn't been for the campaign in 1990s that led to the relocation of the Plano campus that we know today, there never would have been a north campus that you and I are experiencing and what it is that God is doing even right now. And it's because of the generosity of Miss Phyllis and so many others like her. That is the testimony of what God has always done. And I believe it is the testimony of what He yet will do. In fact, let me just share with you a few testimonies right here from the North Campus. Miss Shonda says this She's 43. What does Prestonwood mean to you? And why have you decided to call Prestonwood your church home? Prestonwood is our community. We have been attending for almost six years now, and it has everything that our family needs to grow spiritually. Teachings from the Bible, never watered down or sugar coated, and invested preteen and student ministries. Daniel and Taylor, 33 and 36, said this when asked, Why do you serve? They said, Biblically, We are called to serve, but also we've seen the blessing that Prestonwood Kids has been on our children, and we are happy to be a small part of that for other families. When Matt was asked this question, he's 32, since serving and being a part of the family here at Prestonwood, what have you learned about God and his character and his plan? He answered this way, I've learned how to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit more. Serving has been challenging at times, yet God's work continues within me. I have learned how a true body of Christ move and work with each other. Michelle is 51, and she was asked, Why have you decided to call Prestonwood Church your home? And she said, I tell everybody that Prestonwood is large but small. It is a casual atmosphere where everyone is welcome. Most importantly, the church met me right where I was as a new believer and has helped me remove all of those fears I had. They have provided me resources to learn and grow. They've helped me and are continuing to help me through my tough season. And I am forever grateful. Mary Beth is 52. She was asked, why do you serve? She said, it's joy in community. Prestonwood is a large community. As a family, we knew the best way to get to know people was to serve. Serving has allowed us to meet new people and grow new friendships. And when we serve God together as believers, he produces joy and blessings in us that is a testimony to others about who he is and what he is doing in our lives. Trinity is 16 years old. She was asked, why have you decided to call Prestonwood your home? And she said, Prestonwood is my church home because I always feel welcomed and loved. It feels like a big family of people who are chasing after Jesus. And Kate, who is 14, Was asked, since serving and being a part of the family here at Prestonwood, what have you learned about God and his character and his plan? And she said this, serving on the lead team has shown me that God has a plan for me since the beginning of time. And he's there for me while wanting the best for me. And I've learned to trust his plan even when I can't see where it's going because my God is faithful. See, that's our tomorrow. That's our future. That's what we believe. The amazing works The wonders that God is going to do. And I can't help but get excited when I stop to think about that. And as you know, the part of the Proclaim Initiative has three central components. It is the expansion of this worship center so that we can allow more people to comfortably fit within this room. It is the elevation through technology of the worship experience that will be had within this room. And it is the ability to be able to stream our worship services online. In addition to that, we're remodeling a substantial amount of square footage within the education building to accommodate the growth of children's ministry and overhauling the check-in so that the dozens and dozens of first-time families that are trying to get their children safely checked into the ministries of our church can find the best way to do that and we can accommodate them. And then lastly, we're adding parking so that we can continue to accommodate all of the growth and from a forward-facing community engaging uh, heart, we want to be able to best serve those that God is entrusting to our care. And so I thought the best thing for us to do because we have consecrated ourselves today. And we've lifted our voices in praise to God. But now it seems most appropriate that we would pray. I'm reminded of this moment in the Old Testament where God's presence was Powerfully and very visibly seen and witnessed as he was helping his people navigate their way through this wilderness journey. After they had been delivered from uh, uh, Egyptian ca- uh, slavery and captivity, but before they were ready to move into the land that was promised to them. And Moses has this conversation with God because God is displeased with the heart of rebellion that is showing up within his people. And, and God says, you can move forward, but my presence is not gonna go. And Moses says, if your presence is not going to go, then we don't want to be there and that's how we would say we feel as a church that God if your presence isn't going to go then then we don't want to be there in fact I would say personally and corporately if God isn't in this we don't want to do it period and so we want to pray and ask God to provide and to move in our hearts that we would consecrate ourselves that we would give God the worship with our hearts of readiness and uh, expecting God, expecting God to move and that he would show up in a supernatural and immeasurable way that could only be attributed and assigned to him. And so this service has been a little different than what we are normally used to. But in that same vein, I I want to do something slightly differently. I, I want to lead us in a time of guided prayer. I just told you what the three major elements are. So now you can pray specifically for the proclamation of the gospel, which will take place in this room and across all of the others as well. We've talked about the growth in our children's ministries because God continues to entrust families to our care. And then we want to be a forward-facing church that serves our community and is hospitable because God in Christ has been most hospitable toward us. And so if you're wanting to know how it is that you can pray, those are the specific things that we would ask for you to say. And some of you might not be comfortable praying and so you're not exactly sure what it is to say. Well, if you're stuck and, and you don't know how to pray or what to pray, then you can always open the Bible and pray God's word to God. You could just open right now to the book of Psalms and you could pray God's word to God and the Bible says that it will never return void. And, and, and so what we're going to do now is spend some time together In prayer. And here's what I would ask you to do. I would ask you to find somebody nearby you that you know, and if you are comfortable introducing yourself to someone sitting near, then that would be perfectly uh, uh, wonderful too. But just find a few people nearby and huddle up, and we're going to pray. And here's how we're going to do that we're going to pray audibly. That means out loud, and some of you are immediately so nervous. So we've praised God with our voices and now we're going to lift up our prayers to God audibly. And we're going to fill this room as we have with every song with our prayers to God. And so if you are not comfortable uh, praying out loud, then just pray in your heart and in your head and, and just try to find somebody nearby you. And if you're unable to do that, then just where you are, as you are, let's just pray and lift up our voices to God. Because we need to ask God to move in us and through us to accomplish that which only he is able to accomplish because we believe the best is ahead for us and so right now if you would just grab the hand of somebody nearby you if you want to take a knee or you want to stand where you are or however it is that you're most comfortable let's begin to raise our voices in prayer to our God Father, you can hear the prayers of your people. Your word says you have inhabited our praise. But now, Lord Jesus, I want to pray a specific prayer of blessing for every family in this room. I pray for those who are far from you, God, that they would be brought near. God, I pray that you would pour out a supernatural measure of your grace and your anointing, God, I pray that we would be closer to you than perhaps any other time in our life. Lord Jesus, our yes is on your altar. So move in our hearts, Lord. Move in this place. We acknowledge we cannot do this without you. So we are desperate for you, Jesus. Thank you that all our life you've been faithful, and you continue to evidence your faithfulness, even this morning, right here and right now. God, I pray for every person of every age and every background that we would know of your supernatural measure and your power and your provision. And God, we acknowledge we cannot do this without you. And so, Lord, move in our hearts. Move in this place. Cause us to be a people who experience you in a profound way. Lord Jesus, bring revival in our hearts. Continue the good work that is so obvious you have begun. And thank you that the word says you never leave us nor forsake us. There's no need for fear. We need not be dismayed. And God, we thank you for providing everything that we would ever need to be in right relationship with you. Through the perfect life and the sacrificial death and the victorious resurrection of your son, Jesus. God, I pray that the gospel would continue to be proclaimed in our lives, by our words, and through your church. We love you. And we beg for more from you. And we pray to you and through you in the name that is above every name, in Jesus' name and all God's people said. And now is our opportunity having consecrated ourselves having lifted our voices in prayer now is the opportunity for us to commit ourselves together and so in just a moment our worship team is going to lead us in a couple of songs of worship and hopefully you have already brought your commitment card with you this morning it is a two-year spiritual journey an opportunity for us to say yes to whatever it is we believe that god is doing right here among us But if you didn't bring your commitment card, um, we should have put one out in the seat nearby you where you are today. And I understand that many of you are probably going to give digitally or give online, and I so appreciate your generosity. The commitment card is helpful for two reasons. One is I do think there is a spiritual value for us when we fill these things out and when we come forward and make our commitment known before God, but also it helps us as a church know what the commitment level is so that we can move forward with the things that we believe God is asking for us uh, to do. And so the Bales family has made a sacrificial commitment. And in just a moment I'm going to go over and to grab the hand of my mom and my bride and I did this with my entire family in the 830 service and we're going to Pray for a moment and then we will come and lay our commitment at the altar here. Some of you, I would ask if you want to pray with your family, uh, then take a few moments and pray over your commitment. Maybe when you bring your commitment, you might huddle up as a family and just pray, thanking God for the opportunity to participate in what it is that He is calling uh, for us to do. If you're a guest with us this morning, thank you for being here. We ask that you would just pray with us as a family of faith. We are committing ourselves to the things of God. But we are going now to enter into this time of commitment and there is no rush. We are going to take our time. We're going to sing a few songs of worship and we are going to commit ourselves to what we believe that God is calling for us to do. So as his spirit leads, then you can come forward and you can move.